This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. I got an amazing product for my kings and queens who love some cannabis. I enjoy the occasional joint once in a while. And if you want to maintain the flower that you're buying, this is the product for you. Integra Specialty Products brings you plant-based solutions for top-tier cannabis storage and packaging with two-way humidity control packs. Ensure the freshness, potency, and quality of your cannabis with Boost plant-based solutions that only puts in pure water vapor into your dried-out buds. It's ideal for flower, pre-rolls, and edibles. They offer a harmonious balance of convenience and freshness. For more information, check them out at www.integra.com boost.com or at Integra Herbal on Instagram. Use code LOWLIFE at checkout for 15% off your next purchase online at www.integraboost.com. Hola, bienvenidos, buongiorno, mi gente. Welcome one and all to a brand spanking new episode, fresh out the oven, a true crime edition episode of the Low Life Podcast. I'm your flaming hot and spicy, seasonally depressed, white wine drinking, tucky finger licking, iced coffee sipping, true crime documentary binging, hot mess of a host, Lorenzo von Rumpf. And I'm so happy to be here with you today. There is no place I'd rather be than right here with you in this very moment. I hope you're having a great day and a beautiful week so far. We just finished the month of January, which felt like a solid three to five months long. (laughs) January was so long. Oh, my God. One thing about January is that she's going to make sure you feel all 31 of her days, and we sure did. I'm exhausted by the month of January. I'm excited to go into a new month, February Going into it strong. I love this time of year, though. February and March, one of my favorite times to be alive. Shout out to all my Aries kings and queens and my favorite people on the planet. I love me a good Pisces, my little Pisces piranhas. Love my little fishy people, my emotional deep thinkers, highly empathetic, sweet souls who have a little bit of spice, too. You don't want to fuck with the Pisces, but they are some of the best people I've ever met on this planet. My mama, the queen, she's a proud Pisces, born on March 1st, and so I get excited to celebrate her birthday, and I take the month of January and February to really recharge my Mexican Martha Stewart batteries, and so then I could go into the beginning of March, just guns blazing, full throttle, decorating for the queen's birthday, and then we go into one of my favorite holidays. Next to Christmas, I love me some Easter. I just love the season of spring. I love the colors, the flowers. I love decorating for it, and typically around that time of year... I feel a bit happier. It's typically a mental health upgrade for me in the spring. And speaking of mental health, how are you feeling this week? On a scale of 1 to 10, where are you at right now? How are you in this very moment right now? If you're feeling a bit stressed, anxious, depressed, overwhelmed, if life feels a bit heavy for you in this moment right now, you just feel exhausted, trust me, I've been there very recently, (laughs) still there on some days. That's why I'm happy you're here in this moment right now, because you're taking time for yourself. We have a great episode in store for you. Yes, this is a bit of a heavy topic, but the episode doesn't feel heavy because who I'm talking to is a light in this world. Oh, she is so funny, super down to earth, and one of my favorite people on this planet. I'm talking about Haley Arantia. Love her. And so you are in for a treat. This is part two of the conversation. But before we get into this week's episode, I'm going to rate my mental health on a scale of one to 10 in this moment with you right now. I'm a solid 7.7 out of 10. I'm feeling pretty good. I'm in a healthy headspace. There's been some ups, some downs, some tough moments, some very challenging ones for me. But all in all, I'm feeling happy. 
Yes, I've had those moments where I break down and cry and life can feel really intense. But at the same time, I've been really focusing on taking care of myself, spending time with people who are good for my soul, uh, hanging out with little Shamu, my little pug of love. Thank God for our fur babies. He's licking my tears and making me smile and laugh every chance he can. Oh, little Shamu is really living up to his name. He truly is part orca <laughs> because he's still teething right now. And so whatever he can get his little mouth on, he's biting it. He is tearing shit up, but it's okay. I know this is just a phase and he has so much energy and I love this puppy phase. Even though I don't want him eating my shit, I'm very patient with him because I understand he's teething. His little teeth are hurting. His gums are sore because he's losing his baby teeth and he's getting his grown pug teeth in. And so anyway, I have so much fun with him. I absolutely adore all animals, but I'm so freaking lucky to have little Shamu in my life because he truly is a shot of serotonin in life. God, I'm obsessed. I have a question for you. This is one of those questions that I thought about after taking edibles and going to planet Mars, <laughs> I actually took Via edibles that are sponsors on this podcast. Enjoy Via. There's a code in the description of this episode, Low Life, for you to enjoy a little discount on these edibles. But I took some the other night and I ended up having this conversation with Jacob and Lexi, two of my closest friends, friends of the show, you know, Jacob and Lexi. And I asked them a question and I was really surprised by their answer. And so that's why I want to know what your answer is. I asked them, if you were to be told when you're going to die, if you were to know this is the day that you're going to die. This is the time and date of it. It's in this envelope, sealed up. Here you go. Would you want to know the answer to that? Would you want to know when your expiration date is? It's literally when you're going to expire. So <laughs> is that something that you'd want to know in life? I was really surprised that Jacob and Lexi would not want to know when they were going to die. They would keep that envelope sealed up and their reasoning behind it, which I actually understand, was they said if they were to know the specific time and date when they were going to die, they would be riddled with anxiety. And so they wouldn't be able to enjoy the rest of their lives. <laughs> so they rather just not know and enjoy their life and just live each day like it is their last rather than knowing there's an impending doom of, of them dying on this specific date. Me, on the other hand, I would love to know that answer. What a gift. I love it. Maybe because I'm a planner. And so I look at it like a gift because then I can plan financially. Like if I know I have five months left, then I'm going to be financially irresponsible. I'm going to run up them credit cards and, and live life to the fullest and maybe take a crazy spontaneous trip or who knows? Like I could do so much knowing that I only have five months left. If I have five years or 15 years, I would just like to know so that I could actually have a plan for that sort of thing. And so I want to know what your answer is to that question. Would you want to know or would you not want to know when you're going to die? If someone had the power to tell you this is the date. And I'm sure just given all of the medical advancements and DNA research and everything they're doing right now with blood panels and stuff, that they're going to be able to give you an actual age, not a specific date and time, but I'm sure that's in the near future when we could find out. And so would you want to know that answer? Please let me know in the review section of Apple Podcast. That's the low life question of the day for our cult. And your answers, you putting them in the review section of Apple Podcasts, actually does make a world of difference. The more reviews, the better for a podcast. So thank you for hitting that subscribe button. If you could take a moment right now, if you haven't subscribed to this podcast, give us a little subscribe button, boom, and then five stars and leave a review. It is a game changer for any podcast that you enjoy. It makes a big difference. Thank you for doing that, boo. Appreciate you. All right, let's get into this week's very special true crime edition episode of the Low Life Podcast. So last week was part one, the conversation with Haley Arantia. We're talking about the curious case of Natalia Grace. Haley Arantia is a singer, a songwriter, she's an actress, and just a hilarious human being who I can't get enough of. 
She is my true crime junkie, fellow witch, sister of darkness. And <laughs> we have so much fun watching these documentaries together. That's why I love these conversations with Haley, because even though it's a heavy topic, it doesn't feel like a heavy episode. We're able to laugh and find some light in the darkness. That's why I like doing these deep dives with her, because some of these topics, I'm like, oh, shit, that's a doozy. Like, that's a really intense subject. But when you talk about it with someone who has a really good sense of humor and is a light in this world, like Haley... I can have these conversations and it feels palatable. You're not going to feel like exhausted after hearing this one. It's actually enjoyable. And I do firmly believe that laughter is really the best medicine. And these characters in this documentary, these are real life people. But my God, are they so f***ed up and twisted? You got to be able to laugh about it because I'm like, this is insane <laughs> what we're watching right now. So this is a story that is taking the nation by storm. If you haven't listened to part one, treat yourself to part one and then come and listen to part two right now. If you haven't watched this documentary, well, you're in for a treat. There are a lot of spoilers, but if you don't feel like watching this documentary and you don't have 12 hours to devote to the 12 episodes that are already out of season one and season two, we did it for you. So you could just enjoy that, listen to it right now and feel like you actually watched the documentary. Just to give you a little recap on part one, that was last week's conversation. Even if you did listen to last week's episode, I love when shows that I watch will say like previously on Grey's Anatomy and it'll give you a little recap because it just refreshes my brain and I need that. And so previously on The Curious Case of Natalia Grace, Low Life Episode 1, we're basically talking about this American family that got a lot of money. We're talking about the Barnetts, Michael and Christine Barnett. They look like the perfect American family. They have wealth. They're in Indiana. They are respected in the community. They have a daycare facility. They love children. They have a special needs son who has a gift. He's literally Einstein level smart. He's a genius. The mom, Christine Barnett, is like the ultimate gold star mother. Everybody loves her. She wrote a very successful book and made over $700,000 on the book. And they decide that they'd like to grow their family and adopt a little girl from the Ukraine. That's where Natalia Grace comes in. She's the six-year-old from the Ukraine. Now, she's already here in the States, and she was with a family that was little people because Natalia is a dwarf. And so she was originally adopted into this family of little people, mom and dad. But they realized that because Natalia Grace has some severe disabilities and is not healthy, they're going to have to spend a lot of money to get all these procedures done for her. She has genetic diseases and just a lot of problems, and it's going to be very costly. And so... They basically need to get Natalia Grace off their hands, even though they really liked this little girl and they wanted her in the home. They just simply can't afford to have her. And that's where the Barnetts come in. They bring her into the home and quickly realize within the first couple days of adopting her, and it was a fast adoption, which already was a big red flag, that this little girl that they now have in their home, they think that she's much older than she really is. She's supposed to be six years old, but they claim that she's closer to 22 years old. And the reason why they say she's 22 is because she has pubic hair. She also was menstruating. And then they said that she was demonstrating sociopathic behaviors, that she was actually evil and she was trying to kill them and was manipulative and was lying about her age. The adoption agency was lying about her age. And this crazy conspiracy about Natalia actually being a Ukrainian spy has you believing as the viewer in this documentary that they basically brought a demon into their house. And as I'm watching, I'm like, get rid of her. She's evil. <laughs> like, that's what they want you to believe. 
Christine, her now adopted mother, claims that Natalia tried to kill her. She tried to kill her sons and tried to kill her husband. And she is a menace in the house and she's pure evil. And they put her in a psych ward and they're just basically just trying to get her out of the house. They made her sleep on the porch. The cops were called several times. Christine called the cops on her own daughter saying, she's trying to kill me. She's trying to poison me. She's trying to ruin my life. She's actually 22 years old. She's a Ukrainian spy and we want her out of here. So they end up getting a family friend who is a psychologist and another family friend who's a medical doctor. And they explained what they saw. She has pubic hair and she's trying to kill us and basically found a way to manipulate the situation based on the relationships they have. They leveraged those relationships and they got this doctor and the psychologist to say, well, based on everything that Michael and Christine have told us, it's looking like, yeah, she's actually closer to 22. They signed off on it. That was then put in writing and submitted to the courts, and she was legally re-aged, which I didn't even know was a thing. You can be legally re-aged? Wait, what? And so they re-aged her from a six-year-old to now a 22-year-old. They said, based on what this doctor said and this psychologist said, it's looking like she's a solid 22. And so, boom, now she is legally a 22-year-old. And now we find out the reason why they wanted her re-aged to be a 22-year-old is because they knew once she was 22 years old, they wouldn't have to assume any responsibility for her, any financial responsibility for her. Because under the Indiana state law, they were responsible for her as a foster child until the age of 21. What they didn't account for was the fact that she's disabled, which means they would be responsible for her for the rest of their lives. Once they adopted her, which they did, they'd be responsible for her. It doesn't matter if she's 22, 32, or 42. She is now a dependent for life because she can't take care of herself. And so she needs help and she needs lots of surgeries. And so they got her a couple surgeries, but quickly realized this is a money pit. We don't want to deal with this girl. So let's get her re-aged to be 22 and let's just stick her in an apartment somewhere so she could hopefully die. That's what they were hoping for. Throughout the documentary, we learned that this little girl, Natalia Grace, who was six years old, now re-aged to a 22-year-old woman with all these claims that she was a psycho who was trying to kill her family. That was actually all a lie. One big giant conspiracy by a master manipulative psycho named Christine Barnett and Michael Barnett. The parents were actually very twisted individuals. They were physically, emotionally, and verbally abusing her for years and made up these fabricated stories to basically save their reputation. They took a story that was referenced in a movie called The Orphan about a crazy Russian adopted child who tries to kill her family and tried to make that their reality so that people would feel bad for them and they wouldn't be embarrassed and look like evil pieces of shit who adopted a six-year-old disabled girl from the Ukraine and abandoned her. So now we're at the point as a viewer wondering if there's going to be justice for Natalia Grace. Now everybody knows what they did. Natalia Grace is now an adult. Now this all happened a decade ago. And so we're hearing about the story. And now for the first time in part two, we actually get to hear Natalia speak and her side of the story. Michael Barnett, the father, and Christine Barnett, they get divorced. Their marriage implodes. And now both of them are charged with child neglect, child endangerment, and child abuse. And they're going to be tried in court. You would think it would be a no-brainer that the jury is going to throw the book at these people. They're tried individually, but they're going to serve time. There's going to be consequences for what they did to this little innocent child. And that's basically where we're leaving off. And so let's get into it. This is part two of the curious case of Natalia Grace. You're in for a wild ride on this one. Buckle up, puta. Here we go. Hit it. I'm charged with two counts of child neglect. Is that correct? Maybe there's more than one villain in this story. Michael accuses Christine of beating Natalia. My mom is definitely not 100% innocent. Bye-bye. 
you lie because she told you to lie? Yes. It's like a Rubik's Cube. Just when you think you have it solved, you find out you don't. We were all abused! Did you want to hurt them? It's all gonna come to light. Be yeah. very good if you just quit talking. We're in deep, deep trouble. Well, kicking down the stairs, we said we're not going to say, right? Oh, still my microphone on. You got a seatbelt? <laughs> Buckle up. We are back in the studio for a new week. This is part two of Natalia Grace. This is a case that's been captivating the nation. Haley, bless you. She is our on-scene on the, gro- on the ground running live in Indiana. She's in Lafayette with her microphone. Hey, everyone. I'm here with <laughs> Natalia Grace herself. Uh, Natalia, I like, wish. Hey, I uh, honestly would. I would kill to... Well, okay. I don't want to kill anyone, but I, I say that metaphorically. I would kill to speak with Natalia. Oh, I would love to have a sit-down conversation with her. She actually would be a dream guest to have on the show, but... I don't know if that's going to happen. She's probably going to make a pit. She's probably going to make a pit stop at freaking Nick Viles <laughs> podcast. Jesus, everybody else, stop there. I'm like, what the hell is that about? And so, no, I no shade, but no, anyway, well, but shade, but shade, because I love my Natalia and I love my Gypsy Rose. But we're getting into season two of this crazy case that we've been following. This story with all these twists and turns. And so where we left off last time is basically we're talking about Michael Barnett, what a piece of shit he is, Christine, we now discovered. And so let's get into it. The abuse, what I'm saying is like the eight hours of having her nose put to a wall and her defecating herself, you know, having pepper spray because the mom was like, Christine said, you're a spy, admit, tell us who you know. And this little girl was like, I don't know anyone. Pepper spray to the eyes, wasn't allowed to wash her eyes for 10, 15 minutes. She would also do that with, and this plays into the narrative of like, you need to be a genius. She would make her try to answer math Oh, these problems. crazy algebraic equations and She's six years calculus. old. And they're like, do this, this calculus paper. And she can't, and she gets pepper sprayed. Corporal punishment here. And so they were just horrific to her. Michael watched it all happen and he- Oh, the sons admit that they took part in the abuse too. The sons would beat up on Natalia. Because Christine would, essentially, I don't know if they forced him to or they, but it was upon Christine's sort of commands. direction and commands. Oh yeah, well, she'd beat up on Natalia. Maybe she had a little carpal tunnel in the wrist, exhausted from a good old fashioned beating. Said your turn. It's time for the boys to get their swing in. And so one of the sons literally picked her up, threw her downstairs Jacob, the genius, he threw, not a genius moment for his ass, Mm -mm. threw her down the stairs, but forced to by his mother. And the other two not only defecated on her bed, but also abused her as well. Physically were hitting her and yeah, just highly, highly abusive to her. And so, yeah, watching this all unfold, well, we don't watch that happen. We just were told about it. But even when I heard like the neighbors who were like pissed that Natalie would come in their home and like would open their fridge without them being there. Or- playing with their children in a way that maybe even felt like it crossed a line at times. It it takes a different context when you think it's a 22-year-old woman versus a, a seven-year-old girl. Absolutely. Because then I'm like, that's what I was going to say in the back of my mind as I'm watching this. All these things sound like if I was eight years old, I'm hungry, I'd walk in, open a fridge, do do do. Like you're not thinking, oh, that's breaking and entering. This is an adult. There's food here. And it's like, she used to have, before she was severely abused by the Barnetts, there was this sort of rapport with the neighbors and their kids that she got comfortable with. So there's a sort of learned- like Familiarity. Familiarity. And 
when you're six years old and being abandoned in an apartment by yourself, of course, this makes complete sense that she would act this way. Yeah. The only questionable part was this sort of sexual innuendos or commentary that she would make towards some of the neighbors, which if you know that she is a six-year-old girl, you're thinking this stems probably from some, unfortunately, abuse or saying yeah. something she really shouldn't at that age. Which we do find out she was sexually abused at the orphanage that she came from. Or at least from her recollection, the bits and pieces she can put together. Yeah, a lot of it is blacked out in her memory, but this girl has been through hell is yeah. what we're getting at. And so now will justice be served? Will justice be served for Michael and Christine Barnett? So Christine is not up for trial yet. It is all about Michael. And the first thing he's going to do, because their marriage was so bad, oh, she weaponized everything against him. It's Christine's fault. I'm a victim here too. He is the ultimate gaslighter, a complete narcissist, a real piece of shit of a dude. Like, mm -hmm. my God, this guy is so annoying. And so his whole thing was singing like a canary. It was all Christine's fault. I'll tell you anything you want to know. I'll tell you anything and everything and then some. Oh, and the tears. The My favorite is when he's, was on he's him. crying and then you do this thing. When you first start acting, you just blink real hard. And that way you can have one tear fall. Roll down the cheek. He would do it all the time. And I was just like, Michael, please. And at one point, he doesn't realize that like cameras are always rolling. And so he stops, has his crying bit. As he's describing everything Natalia went through, and I can't believe she had to endure that, and I had to watch that happen, and I wasn't strong enough as a man to stand up to Christine. Come on now. If Greg and I had adopted a child, yeah. and he walks in on me severely beating this foster child we have, there is no way in God's green earth that he would just stand there and go, oh, well, whatever you want, honey. What do you want for dinner? While you handle the beating, I'm going to go get some P.F. Chang's. You're That's what he was doing. fully grown adult. I don't, it, take out whatever, gender role, or if you feel like she's even emotionally got power over you, whatever it is. No. But you're a fully grown adult and you can make your own decisions. And you stood by and in, in my eyes, actively participated in the abuse by doing nothing at all to help Natalia. Well, yeah. And we heard the way that he was talking to her. He was treating her like a, piece of garbage. Yes. And so he was looking at her like this sociopath who's actually a grown woman that catfished the family and they just want her out. And so he was so detached from her. But in the when they're talking to him and he's giving these interviews, he's like, I always loved her. That was my daughter. Yeah. We really want her. I kept this, I kept this cross on my wall that has her middle name Grace. So that that way, I always think about what she's gone through. Yeah. Find 80 of those at home goods, you dumbass. <laughs> he was... It was so ridiculous so and so- manipulative and, and horribly acted. So at this point in the trial, what I loved was that the documentary team was, I'm guessing upon Michael's request, given access to all of the debriefing with him and his counsel yes. prior to this trial, which is the just like the point of the whole epitome of a narcissist is thinking- knowing that he is full well guilty of child neglect, child abuse, and has allowed for this team to come in to film him at every turn because he's that convinced he's going to get off. He's Even like, I'm going to get through this. <laughs> we are against David and Goliath. Yeah. And I'm going up against the beast And then even Christine. the fact that at one point his counsel is talking him through, you know, what you want to say, what you don't want to say. And at one point he's like, is this where I should give the tears? I can really, I can really do that. And I'll, I'll play it like this. And I'm like- Should I smile here or should I just be like more straight faced or- I'm like, you're giving yourself away. 
I mean, not that you weren't before, but like, my God. And so as an audience, you're watching him through the whole briefing thinking, this man thinks he's on a mountain. He's getting off free. I cannot wait for them to throw the book at him. Put him behind bars because he was going to be sentenced. If he was found guilty, it would be 16 to 20 years or something like that in prison for child neglect, child endangerment, like, or it could have been disabled abuse. Yes. Yeah. Now he's also thinking that this is going to, what's going to help his case is he's throwing Christine under the bus by even giving access to their text messages. Oh yeah. Which can, which funny enough is self-incriminating because you're seeing these text messages where this is where we're seeing Christine in her full glory. True evil bitch. She is saying the worst things about Natalia all the while knowing biologically she is six, seven, eight years old. Because as we already said, the dental records, when she took her, the doctor, she had already been told this is a six, between six and eight years old child biologically. And so he's now laying on the table all these text messages where the two of them are discussing changing her age even, right? They're having all of these conversations. And we also find out, this is where I think the divorce between Michael and Christine got messy. He was somehow getting access to all of the photos that she would take on her phone. Because despite the- Oh, on iCloud, on his his laptop. So she didn't know this, but anytime she'd take a photo, send a text message, somehow it would connect to his computer. So he's now looking at these messages, these photos. She's taken some sexy photos. Boobies out, tits out. Coochie out. Oh, yes. And he's finding out one of the craziest stories to me. She was texting a man, I forget his name. His last name's Gil. Something Gil. And he's like- Gil. He's a little man, a little person. A little person. Who's like in the country world. A stand-up comedian or in the country world, something like that. Yeah. She reaches out to him. He's an entertainer. An entertainer. Reaches out to him to say, I just adopted this daughter who has the same disabilities or or is also a little person or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to get your advice on exactly how I can best go about helping her. And he's communicating with her, cordial conversation. Eventually she starts sending some sexy text messages. The conversation quickly becomes a bit sexual of like, ooh, I'm a hot and bothered mommy. Like Sending some photos. Oh, yeah. Just titty pics. Yeah. And he's into it. They're messaging back and forth. He's like, I'm down to take care of you. And I could, you know, I may be little. I might be tiny, but I'm mighty. I will climb that. And he even said, he's like, and I was, you know, telling her that like, I got little hands, little feet. I'm a little person, but he's got a big old dick. And she's into it. They're, they're <laughs> sexting. <laughs> they this are, little man is ready to dick her down. Dick her down. Dick and this look, demon woman down. Say what you will. He, I think he knew she was married. Maybe she was, I don't know. But either way, the crime of he's communicating with her and thinking like, oh, well, it's just some woman who's like, whatever, married. Have you ever been with a little person? Low. Sorry, just thinking about that. I have not. I've watched. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you never? Don't. No. Well, you never know. I mean, when, when would I have? I you know. You've lived a lot of life. I, that's true. That's <laughs> really Been on fair. tour. <laughs> you know? I've been busy. I've been busy. Being frank over just here. Just throwing it out there because I've never, but I have watched little people porn and just so you know, for the I was doing more research. I'd love for to the, know where this is going. It doesn't necessarily mean if they're a little person, like they can have a a full grown wiener. That's what I'm getting at. That is spectacular. Yeah. So I saw this little this little man, and he had like a, a seven and a half inch. And it, you were like, "Wow! Oh, oh, that's impressive." Yeah, yeah. So 
So what he was what he was saying he was <laughs> he had something to work with here. Right. And, and so, she was very down. Very down. But where this took oh. a disgusting little turn is that not only is she essentially cheating on her husband and sexting this man. Oh, but she'd been sexting many people. She many was f***ing the handyman. Oh yeah. All the while supposedly holding all of her sex drive back from Michael, which Michael says was used against him to manipulate him, but whatever. She never wanted to have sex with her husband. If she did, it was like, what was it? Consequences and privilege. And the privilege would be getting to have penetration with her, right. which happened on a full moon an eclipse every five <laughs> right. years. She was like, I will allow you to penetrate me with a blindfold on. No, like, right. Like basically she, it was like, she was not about him at all. Clearly she was getting it elsewhere. Yeah. But she was fucking the exterminator dude, the handyman. Like she, there was many men that she was talking to actively. So she was getting hers. Yes. And this guy's over here just. Where it took a dis an even more disgusting turn outside of all the massive abuse she's done, cheating on her husband, whatever. She asks Mr. Gill, if he would like to go out with Natalia, who she's fully aware is biologically, and I believe legally at this point, six years old, Gill is a full grown adult man. And that is when he said, I'm out. No, thanks. Not into that. What? And I believe that this was Christine's attempt at setting up a scenario where Natalia is seen with another little person, but a fully grown adult. Maybe there's some in incriminating photos she can get to help her case to manipulate her age legally to being an adult. That, that was what her attempt in my mind was. She was able to do it in other ways, mm -hmm. but Gil was like, no, thank you. No, thank you. Yeah, she was basically trying to sex traffic her daughter. Ugh. So we're at the point in Michael's trial where he's laid out all this con all of this information. Oh, he is spilling hot piping tea. And by the way, doing it with a smile on his face, like, because he has so much hatred mm -hmm. for Christine. Oh, and then when at one point when he had said, I'm going to end up telling on you or something like that, she's like, you sure about that? Send a picture of her tit. And then he falls right into it. He's, he's like, like, oh, oh damn. maybe. I don't know. Did you ever see Parks and Recreation? I haven't seen the Oh, movie man. It's such a good show. I love it. But who's that chick from Will and Grace? Karen, that actress. Yes. So, and then the guy that plays- Nick Offerman. Yes. Her husband. Yes. Okay. Is that her actual husband in real life? Yes. <gasps> Nick Offerman from Parks, Parks and Yes. Yes. Is her oh, husband and he's in like, real life. Like, uh, Leslie, nope. I'm like Mr. Butch guy. Yeah, and yeah. So he plays that role. And then Karen is like this- well, I don't know her the character's name in Parks and Rec. Yep. But he she plays like this crazy ex-girlfriend that literally brings him to his knees. And she's the devil. And she waltzes into Parks and Rec. Oh, that's hilarious. And so it, when she comes in, everyone's like, oh, no, no, no. Like, she's coming in. Look at my boobs. No. Look downstairs. No. There's a prize inside for you. It's over, Tammy. What? That's kind of the power that Christine has over Michael Barnett. Shows flashes one nip. And he's in. And he's in. But I mean, until he wasn't because he sung like a canary and was happily giving up all the information and really selling her down the river as she's the abuser. I'm an innocent bystander. I'm the victim. Michael mm -hmm. Barnett, in his mind, victim, complete victim. He has no responsibility in any of this. If anything, he wanted to stand up for Natalia and wishes that he could. He just wasn't strong enough because he was victimized he was too. and severely abused. Not physically. Mm -mm. But emotionally, he says, because she withheld sex from him. Oh, God. 
That was a, something he said yeah. out loud. So in the trial- Take it to the trial. Here we go. Take it to the trial. Oh, because you guys aren't going to believe this. So this is wild. Lays out all this information and what pisses me off beyond belief. And this judge, in my eyes, needs to spend some time in jail. Oh, God. Like lose his, what is it, judicial license? Absolutely. Lose it all. He says the jury should not be allowed to know it will not be a part of this court case. The fact that Natalia was- her age was changed. So we will only know Natalia as being a legal 22-year-old adult. We will not know that biologically she's actually an eight-year-old girl, which is what made or like a make or break moment for this case. Huge. Because now the jury has to go into it thinking this 22-year-old is going through all of this abuse. It's very different than a six-year-old. Yeah. And so that she's been- considered a sociopath, that she's been bringing knives into the room. All of this can be utilized in the conversation, but yeah. they won't let you know that, no, she's actually a six-year-old foster child who's been adopted by this horrible family. A disabled six-year-old. That information is not allowed to be brought into the courtroom. No age outside of what's legally on her documents, which now she's been re-aged to a 22-year-old. And so that's how it is in our court system. It's very black and white. Boom, she's 22 years old. That's what her ID says. That's what the jury thinks, that she was born in 1989, not realizing that she was actually not 22. She was six years old. And so they don't look at this case like it's child abuse. They're not looking at her like it's child endangerment and child neglect. They're looking at it like a 22-year-old that's been abused. But in my opinion, as the viewer, even though it's not a child we're talking about, we're still talking about abuse. We're talking about abuse of a disabled person. And so that still is not okay. And I feel like they should still throw the book at Michael Barnett. So as the viewer, that's what we're expecting. Like, even though he's not being charged with child endangerment and child abuse, he should still be found guilty because he was complicit and he never reported anything. And he was definitely a big part of the problem. I'd say 50% of the abuse falls at the hands of Michael Barnett. And so that jury goes into deliberation after we're following this case, watching it closely, and we're excited to hear the verdict. Of course, they're going to throw the book at him. That's what we would expect, right? What happens, Haley, after one hour of deliberation? What does that jury come back with? Not guilty. Not guilty. Does the craziness of everyday life leave you stressed and shedding? Since having kids, have you started seeing a little bit more of your scalp? Has menopause impacted your hormones and your hairline? When it comes to thinning hair, there are many root causes at play, and Nutrafol addresses them through a multi-targeted whole-body approach. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist-recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster-growing hair with less shedding. I'm excited to have Nutrafol as a sponsor because I use it. I love it. I'm a big fan of this company. I've noticed a big difference in my skin, nails, hair. Even my sleep has improved since I started taking this. Now I have the queen taking it too, and it has been a game changer for her hair. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code LOWLIFE. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and stylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code LOWLIFE. That's Nutrafol.com, promo code LOWLIFE. I love me a good edible moment. I talk about it all the time on this show. And so I was so excited that Via became a sponsor of the Low Life Podcast. Oh, this is a dream partnership because I love their edibles. They're so delicious. And they're coming on right in time for Valentine's Day. 
Vaya has developed a unique blend of pleasure-enhancing cannabinoids, libido-strengthening herbs, and a low dose of THC all into one mind-blowing gummy called High Love. We're talking about pairing aphrodisiac herbs with a mild amount of THC. Their best-selling High Love gummy will awaken your senses, increases the blood flow, and intensifies any sexual experience, even if it's a solo experience. It's going to be amazing with this gummy. The strawberry-flavored one is my favorite. They're vegan. Organic ingredients are used. They have zero THC products as well, so if you're not down for THC, that's okay, boo. Their CBD line is amazing too, which is really great for sleep, focus, and energy. Their products range from 2 milligrams to 50 milligrams of THC, so there's definitely something for everybody. My favorite part about this sponsor is that they ship to all 50 states legally with discreet packaging directly to your door. It makes it so easy breezy for you. No medical card required. Let the gummies work their magic. Head to ViaHemp.com and use the code LOWLIFE to receive 15% off plus one free sample of their Sleepy Dreams gummies. 21 and over. That's V-I-I-A-H-E-M-P.com and use code LOWLIFE at checkout. Take your passion and pleasure to a whole new level with high love from ViaHemp. I couldn't believe that the jury had decided that, okay, we're going to remove her age so it wasn't technically child neglect or abuse, even though it was. But how can you look at that scenario of her living situation and say that they didn't neglect their disabled child in that scenario? Because or their disabled adult. Adult, even. Yeah. But I, I could not believe that he got off free. Nothing at all. Walked away bawling. I thought, oh God, he's bawling because of course he's- Oh, that's the way they filmed it. So they don't tell you what the jury decided yet. They just show him break down in court. And so I'm over here high-fiving. Yeah, put him behind bars. But he starts walking to his car. Oh I'm yeah. Like, and then that those tears quickly turn to a smile of pure joy because he's like, this battle, this, just, this nightmare that I've had to it's live- finally over. As a victim, I'm now a survivor- and I'm so glad this battle is over. I, I don't know if it was just because of Michael's situation or his trial, but Christine's were completely dropped. Like they didn't even take her ass to court, which is oh, that's, crazy Oh, to so me. after, okay, okay. So that's what's even more wild about this story. Once they found him not guilty, Michael automatically assumed, oh, they're going to throw the book at Christine. Like they're basically, which happens a lot in court cases, where even though there is some culpability and someone is guilty because they're singing like a canary and they got their eyes on a bigger fish, which is Christine, who was made to be the antichrist, mm -hmm. evil person, the abuser, all bearing all the responsibility. And so he was thinking, his legal team, his defense team was thinking that the state was going to put all their attention and focus onto Christine. And that's why they're kind of giving this guy a bit of a pass mm -hmm. and letting him off scot-free. Well, I guess Uno reverse card She's fine. Completely walks away. Doesn't even have a trial, I believe. Like, or I think it was dismissed. Like there wasn't enough evidence or something. So at this point, Natalia is a legal 22-year-old or 23-year-old. Because she's been re-aged. And once you've been re-aged, you have to file the paperwork if you ever wanted to go back to what your original age should be. That's a whole other process, uh, which she has not done. So in the, the eyes of the government, when it comes to her passport, identification, license, whatever, she is a 22-year-old adult. Biologically, at this point, she is nine and living, I, I believe it's at this point that the mans have taken her in and they are watching after her, looking over her, making sure she's okay because they're like, this is a child. Yeah. And so- 
since nine years old up until this point where she is actually biologically 21, maybe legally or biologically now 22, they've been her sort of family, not legally adopted at this point, but but they've taken her in. They have several kids. They are holy rollers. Right out the gate, I don't trust this adoptive family, mm-hmm. even though they took her in. And I do like Cynthia, but the dad- Antoine. Antoine. Mm, I don't like his vibe. He is just throwing the JC cart, Jesus Christ, this praying over. And I, I don't know. There's just something fishy about it. I put a bad taste in my mouth. So season two is all about Natalia getting her opportunity to come on camera and speak. Because so far in season one, we don't get a Natalia interview. No, we don't. No, we don't. We hear from Michael. We see Michael's stuff. And that's where I, you know, we obviously find out all this information. We now hate the Barnetts. Michael's giving too much and needs to just get the fuck out of here. Yeah. (laughs) But we don't get to hear from Natalia and make the decision that like, that was a child and this is her perspective. So season two is all- Natalia. Getting to hear her speak. Yes. Having her sit down with Michael. I can't even believe she had the balls- Because at that point, I would have been like, I don't want to be in the vicinity of this family, this man. The fact that she was able to find the strength within herself and sit down for a chat with him and divulge and ask him questions. I I don't know how she did it. I don't know. I I understand she wanted questions answered. She had quite a few. Like the biggest one being, why? Why would you adopt me? Oh my God. And do this. I'm thinking of Mommy Dearest. Why did you adopt me? Did you ever see Mommy Dearest? Yes. Not mommy dead and dearest. No, mommy, mommy dearest. De- with Joan Crawford. Of the course. Dur- <gasps> no more wire hangers. Yes. Yeah. But there's that famous scene. I mean, it's famous to me, right. but it's like, why did you adopt me? Is that not literally yes. what it is? And so she wants this moment uh, to be vindicated in a way to have her story told to Michael Barnett, her technical I mean, he's still her father. He's still at this point her legal adopted father. Legal adopted father, yes. She was housed by the mans essentially for 12 years of her life at this point, taken in by them, feeling like that is her family, even though legally it's still the Barnetts. Yeah, they've taken her in and they're getting her, you know, disability checks and everything. So, you you know, she's able to help in some sort of way. Financially, she's not complete dependent, although she is. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, they're putting in the time. They're taking her to church. Praying over her. And honestly, that was a big thing of like, I got so emotional at the end of season two because- it felt like, oh my God, finally Natalia is getting a family finally. that is showing her what love is. Mm-hmm. and That's all she's needed this whole time is just a safe place to be loved. Yes, supported, just just shown love. And because clearly from day one, she has not been given that opportunity. And they they were that safe space for her. And even in going to these conversations on camera in front with Michael to talk about some crazy traumatic stuff, her- well, I should—I can't even say her father, but but her Antoine new father Manns figure is praying over her loudly outside of the house prior to walking into this room and just sending vibes into her of like, look, we're going to protect you. You're going to be okay. Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit is coming over you and it's going to protect you. Get over- these demons out of here! And be gone. Yep. Yeah. What's it? Banish these demons. Yes. And so the big meeting. This is a big deal. Starting out season two mm-hmm. is Michael Barnett. And Natalia Grace getting to meet face-to-face, have a sit-down in a home. Now, he's been scot-free 
not having to deal with any consequences, literally living his best life. He got remarried, Mm -hmm. doing his thing. And so he's like, I'd like to take a meeting with Natalia because this has been weighing heavy on me and we're both victims. Mm -hmm. So I'd like to see my fellow victim. We're both survivors. And so he looks at it like maybe we could bond and have this like coming to Jesus moment. Where This is his moment. He thinks he's going to be totally, totally vindicated. Yes. And get this sort of like <laughs> moment with Natalia where he's like, okay, now if she, if I convince her that the the mean one, the evil one is Christine, I can float off into the sunset yeah. and everything's going to be fine. That was his plan. That's what he was hoping for. Out the gate, he says to Natalia's face, we have the same monster. Mm-hmm. We're both victims. Oh, the fact that he had the freaking audacity to say that to her. A classic narcissist. And she took it. She didn't She didn't fight back immediately, but you could tell on her face. She's like, say what? <laughs> at the same time- Her body language. You, well, she was very closed off at first. Mm-hmm. But then of course, because Michael Barnett is a complete psycho mm-hmm. and very sociopathic in the way that he communicates- I mean, everything is staged. It's not. It's not real emotion. He's. It's all performative. The waterworks start. I can't believe this happened to you, and I wish I could have stopped it. And and so she gives right into the waterworks. And anytime he asks a question, or she asks a question, and he doesn't want to get into the like legal mumbo jumbo of like what could I be in trouble for, he starts to be like, oh, oh, what you, what you just, what you don't know. What you don't know. Like he just, know. this roundabout weird yeah. answer of just- We'll never know. Gasping What you don't sighing. know. Oh, He's just, speaking in fucking haikus. We don't know, which you will know, but we can't know because she's a monster. <laughs> what? It's like, it's such bullshit. And honestly, it sucks for Natalia because I know what she was hoping to get out of that. But with a kind of person, a narcissist, whatever you would even diagnose him with- you're never going to get that no. clarity out of that conversation. Also, for her to go into that conversation with her legal adopted father, for her to go into that, I looked at it like, yeah, I'm sure the producers were excited about that. Like, that's great for television. But just on a humanistic level, she's not equipped, emotionally equipped. She's been through hell. She's been through extremely traumatizing events. Just from someone watching it that's been to a lot of therapy. I'm like, hold up. She needs an advocate there. She needs to have a mediator. She should ne- walk into the lion's den with this sociopathic, narcissistic piece of shit who's just going to overspeak, over talk, and bulldoze her, which is exactly what he essentially did. And then unfortunately, her new father figure, Antoine, starts to hone in on the fact that Michael is cursing a lot in this conversation and like, not at Natalia, but more, you know, in the context of the way you and I speak, right? Just like, well, F this, I, F that. I think it, no, I mean, it was early on in the conversation when they meet and he goes, she goes, why did you let that happen to me? And he's like, I didn't know what the hell was going on. Antoine comes in, hold up. I don't need, we don't need to be cursing up A-G in here. double hockey sticks. Because this is a very holy man. He does not allow cursing, Right. And again, I, look, I respect that maybe you do that in your household, but unfortunately his pushing of the the sort of vocabulary used in this conversation blew the whole thing up. Michael it was has an a excuse meltdown. for Michael to run. And he did. He dipped out within the first 10 minutes of this conversation. And really Natalia didn't get any of the answers she was looking for. No, he stormed out. I can't do this. It's just too much. And like, now you're controlling the way that I speak. I've been controlled by Christine. And now I'm going to be controlled by this 
Black Pastor Man. I don't want to give too much away, but I have been around characters who utilize, they throw a tantrum at any moment they Over get the to be able to get out of something they've put themselves in. Yeah, any accountability? I can't do it. And and they will literally throw a tantrum and I, I've lived it many a time. Same. Yeah. And oh, it, and I've been very close to narcissists. Yes, and, and they can't help themselves. Zero so- accountability. It's always the blame game and they are always the victim. Mm-hmm. So he storms out. I can't do it anymore. Blah, blah, blah. Runs out. Natalia's left in tears because she didn't get any of the closure or any of the a- answers that she wanted. And then somewhere between these conversations, she's getting all the legal paperwork back that she's like, you know what? I'm going to take this opportunity to prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that I was in fact a six-year-old girl when this was all happening to me. So she had all, she went through- What's that test? I want to get that test done. <laughs> You're like, I want to prove that I'm younger than I am. Yeah. Well, that test, it's like your true age test based on blood. It was a Quest Diagnostics or or it was a diagnostic center that did a test that proved like I forgot the, what her age I forgot was. the specific name of this test, but it's a test that anybody could do. And I'm sure it's not covered by your insurance, but it allows you to see based on your blood panel, uh, what diseases you could have, when you might possibly be running into some health issues, when you could possibly die, and also what your actual age would be based on your blood. Right. And based on hers? She was about 20, 21, somewhere in that current, range. When current. When she took the, yeah, which so means- So that would mean like within December of 2023, because yeah. when this was coming out and all like winter of 2023, she is anywhere between 20 and 22 years old. But legally she's 34. Yes. They were saying she was born in 1989 when in fact she was born in 2003. Oh my God, her and I would be the same. I was born in 1989. Right. So she was as a six-year-old being treated like an adult for yeah. her whole life. And so now she actually is becoming an adult and finding out she had no idea what her real age was. No. So she's finding all this information out. That's and closure for her, which is good. They decide, you know what? Michael's down to have another conversation. And Michael's we're do back it. in the ring. A couple episodes in, season two opens up with them having a not so great convo because Holy Roller, Pastor Dad was like, don't cuss. Now we're back a few episodes in. Let's explore it again. Michael's- they sit down. No one else is coming. So not Michael's lawyer who was in the last conversation and not her, uh, Natalia's, new father figure, Antoine. No one else is there except the two of them and the camera crew. And we're going to get to the nitty gritty. And she starts asking those hard hitting questions. And she's not really, she's getting little bits, but she's not really getting what she's searching for. No, because he's just gaslighting her. Mm -hmm. Why did you do it? I don't know why I did it. We'll have to ask Christine if we really want to know. Christine, because she was the perpetrator and I'm the victim, as are you, Natalia. He did say... And he broke down and he cried and he's like, I'm sorry I wasn't stronger. I'm sorry I could have been stronger for you. And he breaks down and says this to her. And of course, Natalia, who now has been eat, breathe, living the word of God, the scripture, much like Jesus, she turned her other cheek and said, I forgive you. I When I tell you, I, I was forgive you. a wreck. I was bawling at the point where this piece of shit human is barely owning up to the truth of the situation, but willing to go as far as, I guess, I'm sorry, right? Threw her a bone. Right. She has the strength within her to go look him in the eye and multiple times go, Michael, I forgive you. And and like mean it with her soul because she knows that that's for her to be able to move. She needed that. I am 
weeping. I'm like, <laughs> what this girl has gone through, the yeah. fact that she has the ability to look at her abuser and say that is, she's so strong and what an admirable, like the earth doesn't deserve no. that kind of grace for what she's gone through. What the what our system has done to her, what this family and several other families have done. Everyone failed her. Everyone. And she's not still one person in her has life. The grace to say, I forgive you and I and I'm gonna grow and be better. And and I'm gonna pray for you that you have a beautiful life. So he gets on his knees oh, and geez. she literally oh, prays geez. over. I'm I'm like, oh my God, this child is like <laughs> in, I'm a weeping. Oh, see, I was like so irritated. I was angry. Oh. When I saw that, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Because of what? Well, because I looked at, I was just more pissed at the Michael situation. Or- yeah, because I was like, and again- But he doesn't deserve any of that. No, he deserves to be in prison. Yeah. That's where you should be. Right in the hell beneath you. But I was more crying over the fact that like, looking at this girl and being like, the shit you've gone through, yeah. and you still have that level of- Forgiveness. I, I could I could never- and. I've had people do some shitty things to me, not even remotely close to what she's gone through. And I will never forgive that mother. Amen. You know what I mean? Amen, sis. Yeah, you don't have to forgive or forget. You could just keep on moving. But the fact Sometimes that Sometimes that's okay in life too. The you don't always have to forget. Could. Yeah, that's a whole other podcast that's a whole episode. We'll do a whole series on narcissism. But oh. at this point, she's forgiven him. She's prayed over him. He's and you can see him actually, this is the first time I believe him. He's crying. And I feel like he's crying because he's like, it's a purging of like, it's, this person actually forgave you for abusing her. And I, I felt like the, the fake oh. crocodile tears turned a little to like, this was a real ass moment for a second. It was a real ass moment, but I, I, I don't believe that he was crying because he's like, I can't believe she forgave me. I think he was crying because he's like, almost like, from my opinion, mm-hmm. watching it, of like tears of, oh, thank God. Relief. This burden. Is off of me. Because he says pretty soon after they have that hug moment or she's praying, she didn't hug, he prayed over or whatever. And then he gives her like a like a little high five type of a- Yeah, hey, disgusting. Here you go. Let's like- High fives her after that. That to me was like, a, oh, okay. Walks out and he's like, Basically says to the camera, oh, it just would have been hard going through life having Natalia have that type of energy. I don't want anybody to have that kind of thoughts or energy. like Towards me. Like shooting darts my way, like negative darts. And he's like- He then goes, feels good to be forgiven. Pops in his convertible. (laughs) They show Michael Barnett. He gets in his shitty car, top down, music playing, and he zooms off into the sunset, giving Michael Scott energy. It's Britney, bitch. I'm all about leveling up with my low lifers this year. As a fashion stylist, the first place I want to start, of course, is leveling up your closet. But I don't want you to break the bank. You don't got to spend a lot of money, honey. Design on a dime, boo. You can still elevate your closet on a budget. We want you to save some money here. So I'm happy to have Quince as a sponsor. They are here for us. They're going to take good care of us. At Quince, I get high-end, versatile pieces at affordable prices. All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Oh, they're amazing. I bought these beautiful silk pillowcases for my bed. I got a cute jacket, a cozy cashmere cardigan, and navy blue joggers. 
I'm obsessed with. These are staple pieces for my closet that will not go out of style. And I was able to save some money. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash lowlife for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash lowlife to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash lowlife. Is your New Year's resolution to find time-saving solutions so you can spend less time doing things like grocery shopping and more time with your little one? As a busy parent, I'm always looking for products and brands that will make my life easier. What is one change that's easy to make that will make your life easier in 2024? Little Spoon. Little Spoon delivers fresh, healthy meals and snacks that your kiddo will love for every eating stage. Little Spoon is a one-stop shop for healthy, Easy mealtime and snack time for your baby, toddler, and big kid, delivered right to your door. Their goal is to make keeping your kid healthy feel like the easiest part of your day so that you can cut through all the drama of mealtime. Time-saving and convenient without compromise. Little Spoon delivers baby blends, biteables, plates, smoothies, snacks, and lunchers. Kids love it, and you will too. It's all so fresh, so delicious, and made with the cleanest, high-quality ingredients. Did I mention it all comes right to my door? So flexible, so easy, and everything stores right in the fridge and freezer. I pick the menu and change it up what I order every time. The price is right, the quality is unmatched. I love it, my kids love it, the grandparents love it, and I know all you lowlifers will love it too. A huge win-win-win for my family, and it can also be for yours. Simplify your kiddo's mealtime with 30% off your first order. Go to littlespoon.com slash lowlife and enter our code lowlife at checkout to get 30% off your first Little Spoon order. What's even more disturbing about this is not only how the system has failed Natalia Grace, there's no justice for her, but Christine, oh, she's living her best life in Canada. Just doing her thing. And then with all this documentary coming out, all these allegations against her, and I mean, she really is. An evil person. Yes. Evil in the flesh. At the core. Full sociopath, full psycho. Season three needs to be a deep dive into her upbringing because I need to know who are her parents, what, what happened to her, how did you make this thing? I would love that too, just to do a deep dive into like what made you a complete monster that you could abuse a child. And you're just walking around the great country of Canada? Yeah. Just living your Maybe life? Maybe she'll be extradited and- have to come back here. And I don't think that will happen though. And so she came out, she hasn't said anything. We haven't had any interviews with no Christine, comment. no comment from Christine, except for a Facebook post. She basically posted something very recently. And she said in response to the major backlash, which to hurt a narcissist, to hurt a sociopath, the one way to hurt them truly. Reputation. Reputation is everything to a narcissist. That's all they care about, how they are perceived in the public eye. That matters the most. And so she is textbook definition of this. And so her image being tainted now, she's not the perfect, amazing mom, five-star with the genius child. You know, she doesn't have this special gift for kids. She's an abuser. She's child neglect. She's a complete raging lunatic psycho Mm -hmm. that should be locked up. So everybody thinks that about her, but her response was, which is crazy to me, but very expected. Basically, this documentary, it's nefarious in the way it's lies. 
it's she's a sociopath. I went and had Natalia tested. She's a sociopath, and so I'm sticking to my story. My story doubling and down, doubles down on it, and also says that everything Natalia said is a lie. She can't be trusted. But like, how? Whatever. We have text messages. Okay, we've we've physical proof of all this shit you've done. Text messages between her and Michael talking about, oh, good, leave her there. Oh, thank God, we're we're getting this taken care of. She's you know she's a sociopath. We can't stand her. And and like, proof that the doctor, like the dentist, was like she was in the room when I gave her all the information that proved that she had baby teeth. She was a child. Documentation of here are her dental records. She has baby. She's a child. Medical records as well. She's a child. And so, so say what you want to say, Christine. We ain't listening. We ain't listening. We know you are the devil. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know if justice will happen. Probably not. But then if it couldn't get any more twisted. In the last two minutes? One, two minutes one of minute? season two. Sure. 48 seconds of the documentary. Want to take it away, Haley, and tell the people what happens? You guys are going to be floored with oh, this. Oh, well, first of all, we you forgot, will be floored. I we can't. forgot the context prior to the last 48 seconds. Natalia forgives. She prays over him. Michael drives into the sunset as the dork that he is. And then she ends up going to court with the man's family and is yes. now beautifully legally adopted by this couple, the man's. And her last name is now changed to man's. She's Natalia Grace Mans. I am just weeping even harder than I've that ever wept did, before. That did make me choke up a little bit. Because I thought when she, she didn't get justice. When she finally got her family. She didn't get justice, but she got a family. She got love. Siblings, yes. And siblings. And it, it was just like the perfect end for her to this story of like, there's hope for her. What She came off like such a strong woman. Like she's got good spirit. Like she's gonna be okay. And then in the first, like last minute of the documentary, you see a panning shot of, of an exterior home. We're guessing it's the man's home. Yeah, that's the house where Natalia now lives. You overhear a phone call, a voicemail, if you will, of Anton and Cynthia Mans. Talking the, to the producers, were Talking they? to the producers of this documentary saying, we we don't even speak to her anymore. She's she's crazy or like- She's an enemy in our house she's and we want her out. She's betrayed her family and, and we want her out. And then it cuts out. Boop. What? I'm sorry? We're going to leave that here? What the hell happened? I'm going to need an update in an hour because I can't live <laughs> I'm not like okay. This. I'm not okay. This beautiful family, that's a little bit weird. I'll say that. I sure. just thought they're, you know, the holy rollers, whatever. It's giving a little culty vibe. But she's happy and, and she's safe and, and she's protected and been with them for now over years? a decade. Yes. Over a decade. She's been with them for 12 years. And it's not that long after she's legally adopted and this documentary comes like out. a couple weeks, if not like a month later, she's she's getting, to, we're being told as an audience that they're now just up in arms about her and won't even let her be in the house. So- What happened? What happened? Because we don't know. Here's, now we go into speculation. This is pure speculation Let's here. do it. Natalia does have, at least was diagnosed by a doctor- Reactive attachment disorder. There's a chance that that gets triggered once she's legally adopted because she has been with the man's for 12 years. They had admittedly said that there have been a couple incidences that they brushed off like it was not really that big of a deal. That, you know, she was an abused child and she's coming into this home and there were certain things she probably had to unlearn. 
right? Yeah. But overall, they adore her to the point where they're going to legally adopt her. They're now financially responsible for her for the rest of her life because she's disabled. They've yeah. taken on what the Barnetts would not. So why is it that a month after she's now legally adopted by them, something's going down? Now, is that because this is Natalia's reactive attachment disorder acting up? Is this because something's weird about the man's family and there's some plot or financial issue there? Or in my opinion, maybe a little bit of both. Maybe she does get a little bit weird at times. She's been through a lot of shit. <laughs> so I would be, I'm weird without all that shit. Mm -hmm. So imagine if you've been through that amount of trauma in your life. So yeah, it could have been, uh, it's a mixture of those things, but it's just the timing of it is real suspect. Very bizarre. And I mean, I'm dying to hear what happens next, but we know from a public standpoint, outside of this documentary, all we know is that Natalia has now started a GoFundMe page where she is requesting money to be able to buy her own house so that she can start a life outside of all of this trauma that's happened to her. And that's been raising a lot of questions. There's some people that are like, well, why don't you get a job? Well, oh my gosh. again, disabled, like has a hard time getting around. Maybe Give her a she, book deal. Yeah, like maybe she could take on, I, I don't know the this actual circumstances of her day to day. And I don't think she's making a lot of money off this documentary, clearly. But also if the man's kicked her out, she's got no family, probably no friends, nowhere to go, no money, other than what she's probably getting Listen, from the government uh, you know for what? being disabled. Natalia, this is, I want to talk to you directly. Natalia, I am here for you with Haley. Yep. We love you. Yeah. And we are going to take you in under our wing. Is it your house or mine? Haley is opening up her home because she is married. What could go wrong? And so, yeah. I will say there is a tinge, as I'm sure everyone's feeling, of like, could we be wrong? Like, but then again, what? no. Look, There's no tinge of could we be wrong for me. Natalia is my girl. Because at the end of the I day, love her. beyond a shadow of a doubt, she was a child when this happened to her. Was she a weird child at times? Maybe. Did she say inappropriate things? Perhaps. But still a child. A child. Six years old, eight years old with extreme abuse that was happening to her. So there's a part of me that's always going to lean more towards, let's give her the benefit of the doubt because that is a lot to start off with as a young woman. But this, why does this keep happening? Why do adult people who are taking her under their wing from all the way back to the Chacones, like why is it such a, why is there such an issue? It's bizarre. So I'm a little nervous to have her in the To home. have you here, I will hide the knives. <laughs> You're sounding like Christine. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm a little, it's just, I think it's more, again, I'm sensationalized dead. documentary. It's playing into the fact that like, we're ending season two with like, is she actually a crazy Ukrainian spy again? No, but she's like, not. No, but I'm dying to know what the hell happened with the man? What actually went down? Like why the change of heart and why did it go south so quick when they were so happy as a family? I don't know. I don't know, but that's where they leave it. Cliffhanger season three. And that's why people who have watched this documentary are freaking out about this story because there's so many questions left unanswered. It's not a happy ending. It's not a sad ending. It's not a tragic ending. It's a what the f*** happened type of ending. It leaves us all a bit confused wondering what's going to happen next. Of all the documentaries I've ever seen, and I have seen them all, <laughs> by far the most- Specifically in the crime genre. Yes. But the most up and down roller coaster twists and turns I have ever seen or felt in watching a documentary. And it 
it ain't over yet. It ain't over yet. And sure ain't. We're going to have to come back for another episode when I don't, season three comes out. I don't know because this is all new developments just happened. Season three, they have to film it. They have a lot more to do, I'm assuming. It's probably going to be at least a year. That's what I thought. But didn't you say that the first season came out in spring? Yes. This one was fall, just winter. Oh, so maybe season three could be in like four to six months. Could be. And I sure hope so. I will be, <laughs> I will be here oh. with my microphone, hot mic ready to Make go with you. Make me a producer. Yes. I'm I'm I will fly wherever you need me to go. I'll interview whoever you I want. I want Natalia. I'm Gypsy Rose. She already went to Nick Vile's podcast. Why do that, Gypsy Rose? Do better. <laughs> so come on, Queen. You can, this is a safe space here if someone actually like loves you, Gypsy. Let's deep dive. Natalia is my girl. Come to us. We Low want, life podcast. Uh, yes. We'll fly her out here. Yeah. Give her a whole new wardrobe. <gasps> give her some love. Take her a cute lunch, dinner. Aww church if she'd like. If that's what she needs. If that's what she needs. We'll be fr- I'd like to be her friend. She I needs know. friends out there. And so the low lifers are her friends too. And so if you'd like to house Natalia, can you imagine? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I guess you link. go to her GoFundMe page. Go to her go- that's actually great. You can go to her GoFundMe and you can donate there. But yeah, the story overall, what are we going to rate this documentary on a scale of one to 10? One being never watch this. It's trash. 10 is, I'd say up there with the 10 for me, just on my scale. The jinx is a ten. Oh, absolutely! That that ending will get anyone. I mean, it is. We're talking about the jinx ending. Yes, it, yeah. it'll. It's clutch your pearls, good. Yeah, if you haven't seen the documentary, the jinx. Ooh, treat yourself. Treat yourself. It is very good. I would say it's a ten for me. Wow. I was riveted by this documentary. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm up there with you. I'm gonna give it a solid nine. Okay, I'll take it. It's a nine, and the only reason why I'm taking off a point is just for the fact that. I think that they really pushed how long it could, like it's six episodes right. each season. But didn't you eat that shit up? I sure did. But I feel like just maybe it's the ADHD inside of me, but I'm right. like, this could have been four. Season two could have been four. Right. Eight episodes would have felt better. Just, they were just really just- They were, they were milking it. Milking it hard. Feel you. But it was very well done. The character development, the roller coaster ride, the story itself is just nuts. Yeah, so it's- Definitely low life approved. Have you seen, we maybe have talked about this, the documentary with the twin brothers, one gets in a motorcycle accident and gets amnesia. What? Oh, you can't just drop a little bomb like that. I think we're going to have to do another episode. (laughs) (laughs) Is this a new story? This is kind of older, but when we were, when you're talking about rating documentary, is this one of your favorites? 10 for me, as far as so well done in, in a documentary. The story very dark. It will require some strength for the viewer to get yeah, through. I'm down to go into the pits of hell and oh, darkness. Well, buckled the up. Yeah. It, it but as far as the way they were able to do this documentary, that to me is 10. What's the name of it? It's called Tell Me Who I Am. Tell Me Who I Am. Yes. And the platform I believe is Netflix or at least it it was at the I've time. I've never seen it. Low did this come out recently or a year? few years ago? Oh, a few years. Okay. So it's and been out. just to give you the basics. Give me a little appetizer. A little appetizer. Taste. Twins. One of them gets in a motorcycle accident at 18, completely loses all of his amnesia, like forgets everything about who he is. So his twin brother takes on sort of the role of like, let me reteach you not only just what it means to be a, a, a 18 year old boy, but 
our life. I'm going to show you pictures and, and remind you of all the things that we grew up with. And there's some revelations he's having as he's getting older, like things aren't making sense. And upon going through their parents' house after they pass, a lot more questions come up. And I, the what really sells this documentary is the first time the twins have a, a real conversation about what their life was like growing up is for the first time they ever have this conversation is on camera. So you are viewing the most intense, Raw, intimate conversation. authentic, intimate. Possible between this family. So 10 out of 10 for the way I'm that assuming based on how you're feeling about this documentary, that conversation gets very dark. Yeah. I'm going to need twisted. You, like, yeah, trigger like warning. When they're figuring out what their childhood or their parenting was like, trigger it's probably. warning. Never heard anything like this before in my life. It's crazy. Okay, I'm excited to see this. So anyway, that's for another episode. <laughs> I gotta watch it. Yeah. Okay, that's a really good one. Um, did you ever see Dear Zachary? That's another recommendation. You mentioned this to me and I feel like I did, but then when you were describing it, I really don't think. I'm gonna put The Curious Case of Natalia Grace up there at the level of Dear Zachary, which, I mean, uh, Dear Zachary brought me to my knees. I remember oh, seeing this Oh, it was heartbreaking, cover. the most fucked up heartbreaking story. Also a really good magnifying glass at how sad and how much the judicial system fails minorities and children, specifically kids. It's so horrible. It's bad. And so- Okay. Well, I have uh, not. That, that one, will be new for me. That is a tearjerker. Beautifully done documentary though. It's so well executed. I love that documentary because it's a mixture between like a Dateline episode, but also like Chicken Soup for the Teenage Soul. Yes. Like it's like Oprah episode-ish. I those books. I did too. Mm -hmm. Loved them. And so it's a mixture, like it's feel good, also a roller coaster, gut wrenching. I cried my eyes out watching Dear Zachary. Ugh. Yeah, that was a tough one. So yeah, enjoy that one. <laughs> By the way, whenever Greg, like, because outside of watching full blown documentaries about this kind of stuff, my TikTok feeds me algorithmic, quick little snippet stories of crazy crimes. Greg will walk by and hear like, and the mother chopped off the child's head and yeah. put him in a freezer for three years. And yeah. he looks at me like, and I'm just sitting here like, Anyway. Yeah, knitting. And he, he's like, are you are you bringing in some horrible things into your life by listening to this? And I was like, I don't really feel anything anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I feel so bad because he makes me feel crazy that I can listen to that. I'm so desensitized to we, these stories. We are desensitized. Speaking of that, so many of my listeners were saying, you got to listen to the podcast. Is it called Scamanda? No. Scamanda or Scamming Amanda or Scamanda. I think that was the name of it. Looking it up. Okay. So people were really talking up the Scamanda podcast. I listened to it. I started it. Basically this woman, she was pretending to have cancer and she had like a GoFundMe page and she was able to swindle people out of money and it got a little, you know. I literally have heard the story from like, like not even hers. Like I feel like that's a regurgitated situation that's happened for so many people. Tuesday in that's LA. A Tuesday. Yeah. I was like, I need cannibalism. I need, give me something strong here. I need some. <laughs> I need some murder. I need a cover-up to get me vested in. I'm like, oh, just someone cheating the system and lying to I people. I need an onion with layers. I need lots of layers because Scamanda just wasn't enough layers for me. I'm like, that's happened to me. I have five Scamandas that I've styled. I could name them now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. A few of those friends in my life too. I'm like, and so it's just not a, maybe, again, we're a bit desensitized. We're very desensitized. And we've lived in a city that is just riddled in crime yeah. and impersonations. And I know that hits close to you, yep. close to home for you. Dial so you, it back to what season of your podcast were we- What was that? Oh, I know. If you haven't listened, 
that was early on, but you came here and, and talked about your experience, which was wild. It was very Scamanda experience. Very Scamanda. Of just- uh, It feels in the comparison to a lot of the docs that you That's what watched, I'm saying. Well, a yeah. walk in the park. Haley's over here like, a man stole thousands of dollars from me. It was impersonating Betrayed some. Betrayed my trust. Betrayed you. Don't even lied. know who he was by the end of it. Yeah. But that again was a Friday for you. Really? I'm, so- I'm over now. <laughs> Yeah. So I'm like, did that even happen to me? It takes a lot. We're going to need layers. We need, well, this was very layered and it continues to be, which is why I think Natalia Grace's documentary is the most fascinating. Captivating the nation. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Low Life Podcast, a very special true crime edition deep dive into the curious case of Natalia Grace. You know I love me a good true crime documentary, but if there is any type of show you want me to watch, whether it be a documentary or a movie or a reality show or whatever, a topic, anything specifically that you're like, oh my God, I would love for Low to do a deep dive into this, please let me know in the review section of Apple Podcasts. Even if there's a specific guest you want on the show or a topic you want me to dive into with someone specifically, let me know. Drop it in the review section of Apple Podcasts and I read each and every single review. These reviews are truly a game changer for the podcast. They really impact a show. It doesn't go unnoticed. I read each and every single one of them. I want to hear from you. I love hearing your voice. I want to know what you enjoyed about the show. I want to know if there's anything you want me to improve on or anything you want me to change up. How can we make the show better for you? Because there are millions of podcasts out there And I want to make sure that we're putting out incredible shows every single week at no cost to you, free for your ear holes to enjoy. And we're not wasting your time here. I don't want to waste anybody's time. Life is so precious and short. I want to make sure I'm providing you with a great, enjoyable content. And so you helping support this show by sharing it with your friends, your family, there's specific conversations that you love and you send that to someone who would really resonate with that really helps the show. And leaving those reviews, those comments in the review section of Apple Podcasts, whatever it may be, if there's a takeaway, something you really enjoyed about the convo or something you learned or new perspective, we love it all. Please drop it in the review section and put your handle somewhere in that review and screenshot it. Send that picture right on over to the Low Life Podcast Instagram page or a screenshot of it to Style LVR, my personal page. Please let me know that you left a review because you might just be winning a special something something from the Low Life Gifting Suite. I love gifts. Getting them is great, but giving them out hits different. It's even better. I love giving gifts. It's my love language. And so if you'd like a chance to win a little something, something from the Low Life Gifting Suite, we've got hyaluronic serums, shit you didn't know you need from Amazon that I'm obsessed with, my 2024 products that I'm obsessed with right now, also gifts from our sponsors. We got lots to give out in the new year. So again, just make sure you leave that review, give us five stars, and then send a screenshot to the Low Life podcast page or my personal page. Next week on the show, I was going to do a deep dive into skincare going into the new year, which is still going to happen, but we're going to postpone it one more week because I do have a very special episode with Haley Fitzgerald. So many people messaged me saying they loved the episodes I did with Haley Fitzgerald because we're just shooting the shit and laughing, talking about dating deal breakers, red flags, things that are in and out for 2024. We did two episodes together, but there was a part of the conversation that I actually cut out of the episode just because it didn't really go with the convo, but also we were just so tight on time. Haley and I recorded that conversation and we were going to talk for 45 minutes to an hour, ended up talking for 
almost three hours. <laughs> so <laughs> in that conversation, we had a few confessions. These confessions were specific to in-flight horror stories. And so if you have a flight story, something that happened when you were on a plane and you'd like to confess something, whether it be you joining the My High Club or maybe you had some crazy experience happen on a plane, I want to hear about it. I want to hear about your travel stories because we're going to do a very special travel confessions episode. I give a really good confession and Haley does too. An embarrassing story, <laughs> two of them, that we're going to be sharing with you on next week's episode. But I want to hear your embarrassing moments. We could all be in this together. No shame here. So if you have a juicy story, you want to spill some tea and share a story with me about something that happened to you while you were traveling, please let me know. You could DM me, you could leave it in the Facebook group, or you could drop it in the review section of Apple Podcasts. And I'll be picking the top stories and sharing all your confessions, all your embarrassing moments, along with ours on next week's very special episode. You know, I love a good confession and I've shared plenty of them on this podcast and other podcasts as well. <laughs> I always have some shit that I'm sharing with you of something that happened in my life. And so I want to hear your stories too. I want to shout out some listeners who are the backbone of this podcast, those who took the time to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. First one up is coming in hot from at Shay Bay. Shay Bay writes, day one listener, five stars. Low, I love the pod. Listener from day one in South Dakota. I've never been a true crime girly, but thanks to last week's episode, I binge watched the heck out of Natalia Grace docuseries. Thanks for making every Thursday a little bit brighter. And thanks to you, I'm always remembering to drink my water. Oh, Shea Bay, I'm so glad that I got you into true crime documentaries. That's the thing about this podcast. I know it's not everybody's cup of tea. I understand that. But I love that you could dip your toes in the true crime waters with me here. <laughs> Thank you for that review, Queen. All right, next review is coming in hot from at Brit.pace. P-A-C-E. Is that Pace or Pace? Oh, she wrote Brittany Pace like the salsa. <laughs> oh my God, that's so funny. Of course, I went right to Pace. All right, Brittany Pace, love the name. Brittany writes, five stars, I love you, Lo. This podcast is my go-to. I enjoy your whole vibe so much. You're a safe space, and I truly feel lucky to live in the same lifetime as you. Oh, how sweet. If we lived closer, I feel like we would be BFFs. I will forever give you five stars, boo. Your biggest Wisconsin fan. Thank you, Brittany Pace or Brittany Pache, depending on how you want to pronounce it. <laughs> okay, when I go to Wisconsin, which is going to be in the near future, either on tour, which I can't wait to do eventually for this podcast is go on tour so I could meet you in person. I want to meet my listeners. I want to hang out with you and drink margaritas and have a good time and tell funny stories and shoot the shit and eat tamales. And so I can't wait to have that happen. I'm manifesting a podcast tour, but regardless, I do want to go to Wisconsin specifically because Haley Fitzgerald is a Wisconsin girl and she's really talked up Wisconsin to me. And she's like, you have to go to the homeland. I'm going to take you there low. I'm going to take you to dive bars. And so when I end up going with Haley Fitzgerald, I will hit you up, Brittany Pace, and we'll have a little cocktail together. I think I'm going to start this weekend a little bit early. Thursday is the new Friday for me for the month of February. <laughs> this is a short month. I'm going to have a nice cocktail and I hope you enjoy one too. Maybe have a delicious margarita, an espresso martini, a glass of wine, have some bone broth. Make sure you're taking care of yourself. Take a shower, masturbate, enjoy some edibles, watch a good documentary. But don't forget to drink your water, puta. We, we love, love you. you and we're out. <laughs> Bye. Bye guys. <laughs>